Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, Audings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. Today's episode is filled with ravenous monsters, both human and non-human. First, we'll listen to a tale about a family who lets a mysterious salesman into their home late at night. Then, we'll hear of a young girl's recurring nightmare of being chased by a faceless creature. And finally, we'll help a pair of young brothers solve the mystery of their disappearing livestock. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. And as a member, you get private live streams with me, special behind-the-scenes content, and a chance at a personal response from me about your scary story. And some of these stories have made it into a video or podcast. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. <clears throat> uh, before we get into the stories today, um, well, first thing, I want to apologize for how weird my voice sounds this week. I am uh, getting over a sinus infection, um, which was super fun. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I wanted to read this email. Uh, so this is in response to the Sounds in Silence episode from two weeks ago. I shared a story from Michael, who had silent figures constantly following him, and this is a listener's piece of advice to Michael. I apologize in advance for butchering all of these names, but I promise you I am trying. Hey Sapphire, I am Siddhi Patak, and I am from India. I love your podcast and your YouTube channel. I never miss any episode that you upload. Even though I am from India, I have experienced something which doesn't prevail in my culture. Just like Michael, I have also experienced the same thing. A dark figure watching me sleep all night. Even if mine was just one, it was strong. It could manipulate my dreams and cause sleep paralysis. It wasn't painless sleep paralysis either. It was a very painful one. The figure used to stand over me and I would feel as if I was being crushed. This went on for over a year. I was miserable. I couldn't sleep, eat, or do any work. I never wanted to fall asleep again. I did talk to my parents, but they just shrugged it off because I am a writer who loves to write horror stories. They were convinced this was just my mind playing tricks on me, but I knew what I was experiencing. 
So I consulted one of my friends who is very spiritual. She also has supernatural abilities to read the past. She told me that because I had become an atheist, I had become easy prey for evil spirits who are seeking bodies to attach themselves to. And this one most likely was a very powerful witch spirit. I will tell you the name of the witch, but please don't say it out loud for she will come after whoever speaks of her. Her name is My friend told me to read Ram Raksha and Hanuman Chalisa before going to bed. In Hindu scriptures, there are many remedies to keep evil away from you. These two prayers invoke the good spirits or angels to protect you from all the evil because Lord Rama and Lord Hanuman are renowned gods who fight against evil and keep us safe. They are very easy to find on YouTube. Because the pronunciations are pretty difficult, as these are written in Sanskrit, I suggest you find these prayers on YouTube and play it out loud at full volume. I'm sure you will get rid of those figures in no time, for I was able to get rid of my spirit from the moment I started chanting the prayers. Thank you so much. I hope this helps. Thank you for that very thoughtful email, City. And Michael, if you're listening, let us know if you try this and if it works out for you. I would also like to add something to this. I hear a lot of stories where demons and malevolent spirits attach themselves to people who have no faith. And this is something that a couple members of my family have used to convince me to becoming a very devout Catholic. And I know that I've told a couple stories where that was the case, where someone was possessed or taken over because they weren't spiritual. Um, I guess I just wanted to put a disclaimer that I'm not trying to convert anyone or convince anyone that you should believe a certain thing or not. Um, I think these issues are sort of a case by case. Uh, The spirit world affects many people very differently. And I'm not saying those stories never happened. I'm just saying that they won't necessarily happen to you. So, want to hear something scary? Family First. The following story is inspired by a submission from Colin. It was a cool autumn evening in 1956. John, a middle-aged father, was sitting in the living room on his favorite brand new leather chair, reading the newspaper. As he finished a section, he handed it to his seven-year-old daughter sitting on the ground near him, who was cutting out paper dolls. The peace and quiet was interrupted by the doorbell. Who could that be at such a late hour? John wondered. He opened the door to find a handsome young man in a suit, carrying a briefcase and smiling widely. Good evening. I hate to bother you at such an odd hour, the man said, his voice warm and inviting. But my car doesn't seem to be in working order, and I was wondering if I could borrow your phone to call for assistance. John scanned the stranger up and down. And what brings you to our neighborhood? Oh, pardon my manners. The stranger handed him a business card that said Family First in big letters. The name's Robert. I sell life insurance. As John inspected the business card, his wife Lauren appeared behind him. Why don't you come in and out of the cold? You are more than welcome to use our phone, but you have to stay for dinner first and I won't take no for an answer. She motioned for Robert to come inside while John stared daggers at her. 
Lauren offered the new leather chair for Robert to sit in while she finished up dinner. Robert commented on how nice the new leather felt. He then proceeded to explain the types of policies he sold and how they're ideal for families. This world is full of the unexpected, Robert said. Don't you want your family to be protected in case something happened to you? John still wasn't comfortable with this man in their house. And before he could even respond to Robert's question, he noticed a shift in Robert's expression. Robert was looking at the newspaper headline that the young girl was cutting up. It read, Missing insurance salesman still not found. And the rest was cut out. John looked back at Robert, whose once confident posture had devolved into trembling nervousness. You know, I should probably get out of your hair, Robert said as he stood up to leave. I'm gonna get going. What about the phone? John said, bitingly. Just then, Lauren burst through the room to announce that dinner was ready. Robert continued to politely decline, but Lauren sat him down at the dinner table with the rest of the family. Realizing he didn't have much choice, Robert began to dive into the roast placed in front of him. And it was delicious, so tender and juicy, unlike anything he'd ever had. He washed it down with a swig of red wine and gave his compliments to the chef. As he put the drink back down, he saw that the girl was staring at him. Her lips were now turned upright into a mischievous smile. She covered her mouth, suppressing her giggles. Robert wondered what it was that she found so funny. Then his vision began to blur. His hearing began to fade in and out. He could faintly make out John and Lauren's hushed voices. I'm sorry I didn't consult you first, John, but you know how much I love salesmen. The young and ambitious ones are always the tastiest. It's okay, dear. It worked out anyway. I think he was beginning to catch on to us. In his state of increasing confusion, Robert made a realization. He realized what happened to the missing salesman in the headline. Realized why that leather chair felt so new. Realized what it was in his drink and realized who he had just eaten. Robert wanted to be in the business of helping families from the unexpected. Unfortunately, he wasn't prepared for this family who would be helping themselves to him. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. This next story comes from Katie. When she was five years old, she had the same nightmare for an entire week. 
I was in the back seat of my grandparents' car. I was looking out the window. The sun was shining, and the sky was a very vibrant blue. We were driving down a country road, just enjoying each other's company. After a short while, we had finally arrived at a small church with double doors at the front. There were other cars in the gravel parking lot. While exiting the car, I had a feeling that the rest of my family was there, as some of the cars looked familiar. In the dream, I heard my grandmother mention something about a family reunion. I was excited. I rushed to the entrance. Inside was another set of double doors. I stood there, hesitating, for some reason no longer eager to enter the church. But my grandparents pushed me along, and we walked through the doors. As soon as we walked in, all three of us froze. Everywhere, headless bodies were strewn about. Some of the bodies looked like they had been thrown from across the room. I heard a sickening crunch and looked up. I saw a large creature sitting atop of the altar. It was black and had four spider-like limbs. Its hands were human-like, with large nails fit for disemboweling. Its body was bulbous and lumpy, almost a mix between a gorilla and a frog. It had a giant mouth with massive flat teeth made for crushing and crunching. It had no face, no eyes, no nose, nothing other than that giant, godforsaken mouth. But even then, I could still tell it was looking at me. It had one of my older cousins in its hands. She was screaming and struggling as she was lifted up. Crunch went her head. Her body was thrown to the side and the beast hunched down like it was ready to pounce. It chewed a few more times before it swallowed and grinned at me maliciously. Its teeth were stained with blood. All I could do was stand there in fear. I whimpered and I looked up to my grandparents, but they weren't there. They had vanished. They left me alone with the creature. The creature grinned wider and let out a small chuckle. I'm going to get you, it said. Its voice was low and gravelly. I let out a shriek and turned, pushing through the doors as it lunged off the altar to chase after me on all fours. I pushed through the first set of doors, then the next. But to my horror, there were more sets of double doors. Each set I pushed through, another would appear. I cried and screamed for help as I kept running and pushing through. Finally, I felt the entire corridor shake. A loud, ear-shattering roar rang out behind me and I turned. All I saw was teeth as the creature ran at me. And that's when I would wake up in a cold sweat between my parents. I would cry softly before going back to sleep so I wouldn't wake them. I had the same dream the next night. Nice drive, pull up to the church, slowly approach the second set of doors, and eventually be chased down a never-ending corridor filled with double doors that slowed me down. Then I'd hear the roar, I'd feel the shakes, and I would look behind me to see the mouth of that beast encasing my head. And then I'd wake up. But each time I woke up, I was less afraid of the dream and more annoyed and confused. Why was I having it? 
Did I do something wrong? Why couldn't I outrun that thing? Was I going to have this dream my entire life? Finally, I had enough. After suffering through the same nightmare for six nights, on the seventh night, I told myself that I wasn't going to let that creature get me. I was going to keep running and not look back. I wouldn't give that monster the satisfaction of catching me. The dream started out normally. Drive with the grandparents, arrive at the church. This time, I got out and charged towards the door. I was on a mission. I was going to beat that monster to the end. I was sure of it. I went through the first set of doors, the echoes of my little black slippers clicking on the tiles. I pushed through the second set of doors and stood there with the glare in my eyes. The creature looked to me like it had been waiting for me. It grinned hungrily. It was about to crouch down and say its line, but I gave it a glare and I turned, running through the double doors. I stopped the cycle there. I ran through each new set of double doors that appeared before me. I didn't stop. I heard the roar. I didn't stop. I kept running until finally I saw a double door with light shining through two small glass windows. I kept running as I felt the creature's hands graze my back. I rushed through the last set of doors into the beautiful sunlight and ran to my grandparents' car. I hid behind it and panted, trying to catch my breath. After a few moments, I got up and peeked around the trunk. The beast was in pain once it was out in the sun. It let out a roar of agony that echoed through the trees before it disappeared and faded into black smoke. Immediately, I felt relief. I stepped out into the open and just cried happily. I beat it. I made it. After a few moments, I heard my name being called from inside the church. My family all ran outside to me, back to normal. They all picked me up and held me close. Cousins, aunts, uncles, my brothers and sisters, my parents and my grandparents, they all held me, saying that they were so happy I was all right. That's when I woke up. I woke up feeling warm and light. I smiled and curled up with my parents once more before falling back asleep. I'm writing this to you because I'm wondering if anyone can help me interpret what happened and if anybody listening has experienced something similar. I've heard some theories that say that dreams aren't just in our head, but are actually another dimension that we access when we fall asleep. I'm not sure how much I believe that, but I can't help but feel like I did something real, something meaningful. I had beat a monster that would have haunted me the rest of my life, even if it only existed when I slept. It's still a victory that I'll always remember. Thank you, Katie, for sending that story in. And uh, if anybody listening has any advice for her, uh, feel free to email me at somethingscary@snarled.com. And our final story comes from Lauren. This is about two brothers who investigate a creature that's been killing livestock while they take care of their granny. Two brothers living in a small town were as happy as they could be. The older brother was named Thomas, the younger was Joseph. During their free time, they often visited a nearby farm ran by their father. 
They enjoyed feeding the animals and loved spending time with their caring father. Life was truly perfect. One day, they decided to ride their bikes to the farm to pick up eggs and milk for their granny. Granny lived with the boys and their father in the house. She was much too weak to run errands, so she rarely left the house. The boys kissed her on the cheek and pedaled away. Once they reached the farm, their father looked frantic. He was running around, yelling out into his fields. What's wrong, father? Thomas asked. Two of my cows and three of my sheep are missing. Did you boys open the gate before you left yesterday? Their father asked. No, we barely ever go into the pens, Joseph replied. Well, if they did get out, they must have gone into the forest. Take these. Their father handed them flashlights, pitchforks, and rope. Hurry and try to find them before it gets too dark. The brothers headed into the forest. They looked for animal tracks on the ground. They listened for any sounds. They searched for hours, but were still unsuccessful. The sun was going down, so they turned on their flashlights and continued looking. Thomas, I'm getting scared. It's creepy out here, Joseph said. I know, me too. But if we don't find the cows and sheep tonight, they'll be lost for good, Thomas replied. The boys heard the crunching and cracking of sticks and leaves behind them. They turned around and aimed their lights, but nothing was there. They pushed on and continued their search. Thomas, come here, Joseph cried. Thomas ran to his brother and saw him pointing his flashlight at pools of blood on the ground. Shocked, Thomas carefully lifted his flashlight above them to see the bodies of the cows and sheep. Their stomachs had been torn open and their throats had been slit. The boys immediately ran back to the farm without looking back. By the time they got home, their father and granny were already asleep, so they agreed to explain what they found to their father the next morning. When they woke up, their father had already left for the farm. They finished up their morning chores and were about to pedal out to the farm for milk and eggs when their granny called them over. Be careful, boys, she said. There's something dangerous killing animals. More livestock has been killed since last night. I sure hope your father doesn't lose any more. They kissed her on the cheek and left. When they got to the farm, their father was standing by the chicken coop, looking confused and distraught. Did you have any luck last night? He asked his sons. They sadly shook their heads and reluctantly began to describe what they saw. So their stomachs were open and their throats were slit? The father asked. The boys nodded. Their father covered his mouth with his hand. Just this morning, I found five chickens in the exact same state. Who is doing this to us? Thomas wondered aloud. Their father grabbed his backpack. I don't know, he said, but we're going to find out. They packed their bags with supplies, food and water in case they were out in the forest all day, other necessities like flashlights and batteries, and Thomas also packed a hunting knife. The three of them entered the forest. Every now and then they'd get startled by a bird moving the branches above them or lizards rustling in the fallen leaves. But each one of them was on high alert. The sun was setting quickly. 
This was the longest the boys had ever been in the forest, not to mention the deepest they'd ever gone. Will we be able to find our way back, Father? Joseph asked nervously. Just then they heard a loud screeching noise. (coughs) Everyone spun around. A couple dozen feet away from them was a tall, skinny beast. Its eyes were blood red, its nails were long and sharp, and its mouth was oozing blood. Without thinking, Thomas pulled out his knife and charged. He slashed wildly into the air towards the beast. The knife flew out of his hand. The beast let out a loud howl and stumbled back. Something heavy fell from its arm. It was its hand. Thomas's knife had cut off the hand of the beast. The creature screeched and ran off before the men could do any more damage. As all three of them took a moment to catch their breath, their father made a horrible realization. That thing is headed toward the house. They ran in the direction the beast had took off in. They could hear it howling from yards in front of them. They had to get to the house before it got to Granny. If anything happened to her, they would never be able to forgive themselves. By the time they reached the house, they could no longer hear the beast. They rushed inside and locked the doors behind them. They scrambled around the house trying to find her. And then they heard her. It was Granny, crying in pain from her bedroom. They ran towards the room in terror, fearing the worst and readying the knife. Their father kicked open the door and flicked on the lights. Granny's window was smashed and glass was all over the floor. A viscous blood trail dripped from the break-in all the way towards a huddled mass in the corner. Thomas drew his blade, ready to slay the beast, but stopped. The mass in the corner was Granny. Joseph rushed forward and checked on his grandmother. Granny, are you okay? Oh no, did the beast get you? Granny just looked away in silence, cradling her arm. Thomas aimed one of the lamps down at her arm, which was bleeding profusely. Her hand had been torn off. Thomas stood up and backed away. Thomas, what are you doing? We have to help her. Joseph stepped forward, but Thomas held out his hand to stop him. We have to get out of here, now. They turned to leave, but Granny was much faster. She transformed back into the beast, snatched the boys and their father. She tore their stomachs open and slit their throats. Another group fallen victim to the local beast. Apologies again for my weird voice this week. Today's stories were edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sandalo. Music and editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. 
But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.